Hello and welcome to Giving Connect, Philanthropy Australia's latest podcast. In this series, we'll seek to explore some of the key themes that help illuminate how successful grant making works. Our host for each episode is Ben Clark, Head of Philanthropy and Social Investment at Australian Executive Trustees. Our special guest today is Rachel English, Foundation Manager at Mutual Trust. Rachel has worked on many sides, in fundraising, service delivery and granting. She now works in philanthropy at Mutual Trust, assisting families with their giving and strategies, whilst at the same time formulating her own strategies as a trustee of the English Family Foundation, which focuses on driving transformational change through partnerships with early stage social enterprises in Australia and Southeast Asia. Rachel is also a member of Philanthropy Australia's New Gen program, and she is co-chair of Nexus Australia, a network of young philanthropists, investors, and change makers driving change globally. Welcome, Rachel. And now over to you, Ben. Thanks, Nick. And Rachel, thanks so much for joining us today. We're um, we're delighted to um, have an opportunity to explore a bit more of the themes around um, the hidden costs in philanthropy. Um, but let's learn a little bit, little bit more about your own personal connection with philanthropy. My connection to philanthropy then started uh, when my family set up a foundation in 2010. Um, I was still going for a uni and wasn't terribly interested in what my parents were wanting to do with that philanthropy, but it was sort of something that was happening in the background. Um, And over the years and through my involvement with Nexus, actually going to that first summit in 2013, which I can talk about in a bit, but that was sort of my catalyst to getting into philanthropy more properly. And from there, I've sort of worked in the sector, worked in nonprofits um, and now work in uh, as a foundation advisor at Mutual Trust, working with families on their giving strategies and how to make their giving as meaningful for them, whatever that looks like. Um, I'm also uh, a director at the Inner North Community Foundation and a director of the English Family Foundation and co-chair of Nexus Australia. So sort of in a few different ways, my whole life has started to revolve around philanthropy, which is a pretty nice way to spend your time. Yeah, amazing. Lots of different hats. Um, you mentioned something earlier on around sort of you know, 2010 when um, your family established um, their foundation. There was a bit of disparity between your vision and their vision. How did you kind of balance that tension and, and what sort of base did it provide you for your own observations around um, uh, the ways others are giving at the moment? It was less attention and more of a me being in my early 20s and a bit too self-involved in you know my mates at uni and what I was studying or what was happening at the pub to really uh, get that engaged in in the foundation like I'd been to East Timor with my dad when I was in high school to try to shake some of that private school out of me and as did my brother a few years before that so we knew that there was the social sector and that microfinance projects in particular at the time was really important to the family but I was just sort of doing my own thing which now that I work with families is pretty common that people need to kind of do their own thing to find the the space to develop that interest in family philanthropy because it's it's very rare that you can force a kid into getting involved into something with the family and have them actually enjoy it and embrace it. And it's often better to wait for them to to come back in. So I'm really glad that 
that I have because it's now such a beautiful part of our family relationship. You know, we get together once a year and we talk about how we want to give with my siblings who aren't directors on the foundation. And we, as directors, meet every couple of months. And it's just a really nice connection point for us and have something to, to have a bit of that deeper, more philosophical conversation about the world rather than just what was happening at the golf club. But yeah, it took a couple of years um, and it's taken maybe seven years since the foundation set up for all of the family to be participating. We've got a family grants program that we run where 20% of our giving is allocated by family members to something that we're really passionate about that's potentially not aligned to our purpose of supporting social entrepreneurs in Australia and Southeast Asia, but just a way for us to be giving together. And it took, yeah, seven years for us to do that, but now each year we do, which is really nice. And so it's just a, a good reminder that you can only go as fast as the slowest person and families are such a deep and complex bond in a family that any change feels like a shift to the the ecosystem and change to to the whole biome of the family and so doing things slowly and just taking them as they come uh in the long term ends up being the best approach in my experience at least I love the way you phrase that as kind of balancing purpose and passion. It's incredible to hear around sort of the dynamics within your own family experience and clearly, you know, your own, I guess, career trajectory and professionalisation um, of philanthropy is, has presented a platform around observing sort of purpose and passion. Given your, your, your breadth of experience, is what, what attracted to you, say, going to taking on the responsibility of chair at Nexus, as well as, um, you know, moving into this, moving to your current role at, at Mutual Trust? For me, I found it difficult to find what my purpose was, what my one burning passion was. Um, there wasn't one cause area that really spoke to me, and I didn't wake up thinking, I really want to save these endangered kangaroos in Central Australia or I really think that domestic violence is the biggest scourge in our society and we need to, like, there's lots of things that I think is really important for us to support, but there wasn't this one thing that that drove me. And so working within a charity that, you know, that had a singular focus didn't quite fit well for me. But what I've discovered is that my purpose is to enable social change by creating this safe space for people to be involved in philanthropy and to think meaningfully about the impact that their wealth can have on the community. Um, And particularly to make that a safe place for young people getting involved, given my experience personally with that. And so that's where Nexus fits really well, you know, bringing together young people involved in philanthropy and impact investing and social enterprise to bridge those communities of of wealth and entrepreneurship. And it's also where my work at Mutual Trust fits really nicely working with families to help understand what their purpose is and what they want to support. Because sometimes we talk with families and they know they want to do something. They know they've been really successful in life, but don't know where to start. And unless you've got an independent third party sometimes to help you navigate that and help you figure out what your values are and what your common drivers are as a family it can be hard to know where to start that and that can sometimes be a barrier to entry and I wouldn't ever want that to be a reason why someone didn't get started just because it felt a bit overwhelming so try to keep it all a bit simple and let people focus on the exciting part of philanthropy is sort of what drives me through a lot of the different areas of work I do. 
yeah, I, I love the idea of, of making the notion of purpose and solving wicked problems as simple. <laughs> it's, mm. it's fantastic. And, and you know, let's let's just continue on that theme a little bit because um, I'm sure that, um, well, I'm aware certainly English Family Foundation have been really effective in, in their granting programs um, and I suspect many of your clients at MT as well have as, as well. Um, and then, you know, Nexus is doing some incredible work as well. So can you give us a little bit more um, examples around, you know, potentially where you've worked on a, a program or a project in your capacity as a trustee and how you went about sort of finding that purpose and articulating and, and you know, some of your learnings around achieving the outcomes or the implementation of that, that strategy work? Yeah, we're about 18 months into a new strategy at the English Family Foundation, um, an engaged philanthropy strategy, we're calling it. Um, And we found that we talk a lot in the sector about using your time and talent and ties, but we get so caught up on the treasure and how to give the money away each year that we sometimes run out of space to do the other things. And so with our foundation, we intentionally focused on those other T's um, or as we've sort of framed it, the right capital at the right time, so the grants or impact investing or, um, you know, the traditional philanthropy, if you will, and then time for impact, the advice and skills and mentoring and support of both Belinda, our CEO, and Alan, our chairman, um, and also acting as an impact broker, connecting these social entrepreneurs with others in our networks because we find we can often open doors that, the change makers that we work with aren't able to, whether that's other funders or with government. And so really acknowledging that power that sits with us in society at the moment and using that for good and for the betterment of of our granting partners rather than just pretending it didn't exist or wishing that wishing it away. And so that means we're connecting a lot more deeply with the organizations that we work with. And there's a much greater degree of equality um, around, you know, working alongside our granting partners to achieve the different ways, um, you know, the different outcomes that they want to achieve and finding different ways that we can support them to do that. So that's been a really nice shift for us um, in the way that we, we think about things and it seems to be going pretty well. You know, we've, we've done a bit of consultation with the, the granting partners that we have and, Whilst, of course, I'd love to have the money as well um, and continue to get grants, uh, having the the other forms of support alongside it has been really satisfying for all of us, I think. Yeah, great. And I think, I mean, just reflecting sort of on that that notion of hidden costs, I mean, mm. I'm interested in your perspectives on the, the value of those two other Ts being kind of time and um, and ties. So wh- what's your experience in dealing with some of your, your clients at, at, at Mutual Trust around their appreciation of, of those costs and that commitment and the delivery on those? Um, mm. It was an interesting exercise for us as trustees talking to Linda Morrissey, our CEO, being like, okay, how are you quantifying this additional work that we're doing? You know, we don't want you to end up on timesheets and what that looks like, but how do we sort of track the impact that we're having now that we can't just look at, at dollar figures because it is a bit difficult to, to measure impact, I suppose, with that. But there is so much benefit that comes from having the expertise of people like our CEO and the English Family Foundation or having 
outsource support like we provide at Mutual Trust and like AET would um, to be able to give that advice and give that expertise um, and really connect in with the sector. You know, most philanthropists don't create the wealth that they need to be philanthropists by working in the social sector. You know, they don't have that inbuilt knowledge or that, that background yet somehow feel like they should be able to figure it out all by themselves. And so making peace with the fact that perhaps the most impact that you can have isn't in the most grants that you can put out, but the different ways that you can support it and how you can be the most impactful that you can be with those grants that you're putting out can sometimes, um, you know, it's a, it's a different thought exercise to go through, but it's something that's been quite um, quite powerful. And I think it has made a lot of the friends I have in the sector and the people that we work with um, more more effective in the way that they give. I really like that idea of balancing effectiveness and the tension and the pressure to, to sort of demonstrate outcomes and the, the recognition of investment over and above. I think you referred to it right capital at the right time, right? I, I love mm. that phrase. So I'm kind of interesting in your perspectives, um, again, with your multiple hats on around responsiveness of players in the sector, be they individual philanthropists to um, you know, CEOs, um, staff of not-for-profit organisations around, around those costs to adapt, learn about and deliver change. You, what's your perspective on, on where we're at on that journey and, and the recognition around the need to invest to deliver better outcomes? Yeah, I, was, I spoke to a, a friend recently who is a fundraiser because I was conscious of speaking, you know, on behalf of people that, you know, I'm a fundraiser in my nexus capacity but don't do that sort of full time. But through that conversation, I realised it's the same on both sides of of the sector, you know, there's this unrealistic expectation, I think, or this perhaps the purest lens that we cast over nonprofits to never spend a dollar incorrectly or never spend uh, on any kind of internal development or never financially incentivize better outcomes, which are all things that we completely accept everywhere else, you know, in our society. But in in the nonprofit sector, it's it's really taboo. And there's this myth busting, I think, is a another cost that that comes into into play here. This myth busting that admin costs are okay and that innovation that might not always work is okay and paying for professional development is okay. You know, spending some money to put up a website that's going to help you attract more donors or more grant seekers, if you're wanting to do grant rounds, that's an okay use of funds. And I think it's people are coming around to that idea as the sector professionalizes. Um, and I think if we look to the states, which we don't always want to do working in philanthropy to always, you know, feel like the younger sibling of the states. But if you look at the way the sector is there and how robust and professional it is, I think that's where we're heading. I've just come off a, a training program um, for advisors in family philanthropy based out of the States. And, you know, there's dozens and dozens of people that do these trainings all of the time in the States, but in Australia, it's really uncommon. But I think as we start to value philanthropy and value the work that nonprofits do in the way that we ought, then hopefully that, that shift and that acceptance of that cost will change a bit. 
Well, what a what a fascinating conversation. We really appreciate your time and the way that we like to finish um, each of these episodes is a question to you. So, if you could make one change to the way grant seekers and grant makers connect, what what would that be? Hmm. I think I'd find a way to take that power and balance out of it. And maybe that's you know, if there's fifty thousand registered charities. We somehow materialise 50,000 registered foundations so that we're then operating on an even playing field. Um, but in lieu of that, um, perhaps if I could magic a, a marketplace of ideas where charities can list their projects and funders can list their funding opportunities and people can go and pick and list opportunities there so it takes the, the cloak and dagger out of the sector, because I think the difficulty in in grant rounds and the difficulty in a lot of these grant seeker and grant maker connections is that no one really knows what's going on in philanthropy. There's a bit of a lack of transparency there. And if we could be really transparent and open about what our expectations are and about what our capacities are at the beginning, I think that would make a really big difference in that connection and maintaining those relationships. That was Rachel English, Foundation Manager at Mutual Trust, with Ben Clark, Head of Philanthropy and Social Investment at Australian Executive Trustees. This has been the Giving Connect series of the Philanthropy Australia podcast. Next week, Ben's special guest will be Wendy Lewis, Executive Officer at the Collier Charitable Fund. I'm Nick Richardson, and thanks for listening.